When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. We will talk some more Texas football. Win against BYU, K-State coming up. College football playoff rankings coming out tonight. We'll get to all of that in the show today. We'll get into Patrick's Big Fat Poll today. We'll play some sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL trade deadline. There was a big trade in the NBA as well. We'll go over. I mean, we can, remember, man, Chief Engineer, we can talk about a uh, the, the Raiders' excellence. We can mention that. No trades from the Raiders. Uh, we will get into all of that. And your text, 512-447-3776 is the text sign, and it is Halloween. It doesn't feel like Halloween. I know the sun came out. It was, it was just overcast for the past week, it feels like, and now the sun is out, and uh, uh, it seems like a nice, beautiful day outside. A little chilly. Put on that hoodie and you feel real good, or your costume, or whatever, and it feels real good. Uh, but it is Halloween. So if you guys want to on the text line, play along today. Send in. I want to know on the text line, 512-447-3776, your go-to Halloween experience, whether it's a movie. What's your go-to Halloween movie? Go-to Halloween song or music? Put all that in there. What's your favorite candy? I want some Halloween talk today on the show. I want to try and be in the spirit. It's almost people are going to be all go, getting ready to go trick-or-treating, you may be in the car getting ready to drive your kids to the better neighborhood so you can get the better candy. I don't have any candy at my house, so don't go there. It's uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think there's too many people. I keep hearing all my friends, and this should tell you my friends' income level, but all my friends uh, keep telling me every time they go out to buy candy and they get all the candy and they're excited about it, uh, and then uh, no one comes by. And they give out like a couple things and they eat the candy all the time. So I, I don't want to keep that much candy in my house because I will eat all of the candy. So I don't want to do that. So I, I I don't have any. Plus, I don't get home until like 7 or 8 or 9 when I'm still up here at the office and still up here at the studios. So uh, I may not be able to. I am happy at 9 o'clock tonight. I'll be watching some uh, some more women Yama versus uh, the Suns. Devin Booker's out. Bradley Beal is out. So we do get a uh, Suns game with Victor Wimanyama versus the Slim Reaper, Kevin Garnett. 
two very tall, very skinny guys going at it that are very skilled at what they do. That'll be on tonight on TNT at 9 o'clock. Uh, if you're a World Series, if you're rooting for the Rangers or rooting against the Rangers, whatever it is, uh, Dolis Garcia left the game last night with uh, tightness, I believe is what they said. Tightness in his left side, I believe, is what the what the official uh, statement was. Uh, he is He's come around, said he's doing okay. Said he's feeling okay, but he is not in the starting lineup tonight for the Rangers. So Adolis Garcia not in the starting lineup. I'm sure it seems like he would probably be available to pinch hit if the situation arises. But I think they're hoping to steal two out of three in Arizona. And maybe that this is the game that they're going to see what they do. And if they have to bring him in, they will. But Adolis Garcia not in that starting lineup. So that is something that will be happening uh, that you need to keep your eye on if you're watching, if you're a Rangers fan. Keep that in mind tonight that you're you're missing one of those bats that is becoming a playoff bat. He is becoming that guy. Trevor Simeon got a little bit out of his rut last night, got a big uh, RBI hit, but uh, Ardolis Garcia has stepped up in these playoffs and become a household name uh, going in to next season. It's going to be a different look of what Garcia is. Uh, remember, 512-447-3776. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. Uh, we're going to get into sex, text football talk here in just one second. But remember, Halloween talk. What you got? Uh, if you've got anything you want to tell us, the go-to movies. I'm not a huge horror fan. I'm not a huge horror fan. Just like, And this is the reality. And I get I get flack for this all the time when I say this. But it's just honest things. It go, a lot of times when I watch a horror movie, it'll give me a nightmare. Because I don't really care about it. And then I'll have a dream later. And then whatever monster was in that movie will be in my dream. I can't control that. It's not like I'm awake. I'm afraid of swamp monsters, but I may be sleeping and I have a really good imagination. And then the swamp monsters chase me. And then I wake up and I'm like, well, that sucks. Now I'm up and it's four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. I don't want that. So I, I don't really watch. Them. I don't also not an emotion I pay for. I don't pay for it to be scared. Not something that I've ever thought, man, you know what I really want tonight? I want to feel like uh, I feel want to feel unsafe. Not a feeling I ever wanted to pay for, so I don't watch a lot of that. But I know it is Halloween, and so some people really enjoy that. Is there a good horror movie that you got to watch on Halloween? Or is it a, a funny one that you watch on Halloween? What movie do you watch on Halloween night? You know, Or what TV show? What do, you, what do you use your go-to if you're watching? Or do you just watch the game? Do you just watch the game and then still get the trick-or-treaters? If you got the kids, if you're dressed up, tell me what your costume was. I'm curious what costumes are popular right now. I've already, I know we've seen a lot of the Taylor Swift and uh, and Travis Kelsey ones. Seen that a lot. All the girls want to dress up like Taylor Swift. So we've seen the guys just be like, cool, just get me a Kelsey jersey. Which, I mean, I'd be wearing a red shirt that said Kelsey and tape on the back because I'm that cheap. I'm not paying a bunch of money for a jersey of a guy that I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm not buying that jersey. But... Yeah, let me know on the text line, 512-447-3776. We also mentioned uh, the college ball playoff uh, rankings are coming out today, so I want to talk about that a little bit. Sark addressed that on Monday as well, so we'll play some sound about that. Uh, But we'll see those rankings, and we know Texas is not going to be in the top four right now. We know that. Uh, But we don't know if they may get into the top six. We'll see where the college football playoff committee is looking at Texas, see how many teams are in front of them that they have to look at. Now that the Oklahoma loses, that changes. We'll get into that in a minute. A uh, couple things uh, to kind of wrap up uh, about the BYU game because we're going to get into K-State as we go on. We'll play some sound talking about K-State. Uh, the BYU game is, you know, 
as much of it, it was a decisive victory. It could have been even more. Uh, they're at 35 to six. It should have been at least 49 to six, if not worse, or maybe even 49 to three. If you take, if you eliminate some turnovers, but something we didn't mention was a special teams play yesterday and the return by Xavier worthy and what the team is able to do. If you are starting to add those kick returns, we know that, you know, you get a kick block in a, in a game in a week ago and you need, you need to be able to get that special teams operating at the higher, uh, clip. We know against Baylor that was one of the reasons why that game wasn't a bigger blowout. But if if Xavier Worthy, who I don't know if he really wanted to be a kick returner, but I know it's something that he wants to get a skill up because it'll help him get drafted. It may help him get a, picked a little bit higher to be able to be used in that situation as well. Uh, but what makes Xavier Worthy, what has he found, what makes he a really good kick returner to be able to make those plays that may switch the game when you have a Texas team that's good but not great, not looking like they're at the full potential of what we thought they could be after that Alabama game, that this Texas team has got a ton of potential, but you know with Malik Murphy in there now, there's a learning curve on that. The defense looks good in some situations. We're going to see another test against that against K-State. That's special teams. That's special teams, and you're starting to get better and better field position and kind of letting yourself take shots that are closer to the end zone and may not get stuck in that red zone as much. Uh, here's Sark talking about what he thinks makes a great kick returner and why Xavier Worthy might be that guy. Well, I think, one, you have to be able to catch the ball. <laughs> I, know that, I know that sounds really simple. Um, but a lot of times in high school, they just don't get – the, the punt, like the punters in college and the pros punt the ball, they're end over end, they're rolling on the ground, and you see so many of these guys in high school always had eight punt returns for touchdowns. Well, seven of those, the ball was on the ground. He picked it up off the ground. He didn't have to field it in the air. So that's you have to be able to do that. Two, you have to be able to field it when people are running at you, right? And, and then three, you have to have courage, to, to make that play, and then four, you have to have the natural instincts and feel to to run the return. Like in Xavier's example Saturday, the gunner was free, and we didn't block the left gunner very well at all, but he stood his ground and literally catches it and at the same time makes him miss, right? And so the, all those things, I mean, that, that's a, those are qualities that he has, but also it took a lot of time to, to work on those things um, in post-practice and in practice to, to get comfortable doing that. And so um, I think that the, the greatest ones of them all, the Devin Hesters of the world, I mean, those guys are they're just innate, have that ability to field it and make people miss and then get vertical, right? And, and you, you have to have a lot of courage to do all that. And so that's kind of where Xavier Worthy can shine. And the fact of he wants to have the ball in his hands, as any wide receiver does. And once he started to get over, you know, getting the catches and feeling the confidence in it, I think it doesn't necessarily just come down to Xavier Worthy. And it's great to have a guy like that because he is elusive and he is going to be able to get those moves. And now it helps that you're playing against a BYU team that is not as fast, that is not as athletic, so he can run away from them more. But you don't need every one of them to be a touchdown. You don't need every return to be that. But if you can get that return and get that good block, I think the blocking schemes are we're seeing the blocking getting a little bit better from some of these players that at the beginning of the season, there are some younger guys who may have never really done special teams before. There are some guys on this uh, special teams that maybe 
in the beginning part of the season were kind of in practice hoping to get more playing time this season, and so they were working on their wide receiver drills more than running on blocking drills or running back drills or DB drills or whatever else, and now getting later in the season understand, okay, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to be doing and getting demoted off the, the special teams list, uh, the special teams unit, you know, that can be not a great experience and not a great time. So if you kind of work your way back into that, you may be finding your right special teams unit right now. Uh, that is going to be something big for Texas to go on. But Sark was also asked about the biggest thing you have to look at of when you can say you're 7-1, where we said we're about to talk about some college football playoff, uh, the numbers that are going to come out and the, the, the rankings that are coming out later today. You also need to think about what is what can Texas do to continue to get better and not say, well, thirty-five to six. Oh, well, we did it, thirty-five to six. We, uh, we you know, we beat BYU. They're five and two, so we're good. And not worry about going into K State and not only competing against K State a high level, not falling into a trap that K thinking K State isn't a good enough team when they have the players, they have the coaching. They have a lot of systems that you don't play well against to not have any of that, but also to progress to yourself that you start to play at the level again where you are dictating the pace, which then might help your red zone offense, the room to grow. Here's Sark talking about room to grow for this Texas team with four games left to go. Yeah, well, I think, I think first of all, like defensively, um, I think we're third in the country on third down right now. Um, I think we're top 10 if not top five in red zone defense um and so all right where, where can we improve how do we eliminate some of the explosive pass plays that we've been giving up down the field i think offensively um you know we've we've kind of rectified where we were at early in the year where we weren't great on third down i think we've improved there um, i think we are playing efficient offensive football between the 20s um but we got to finish these drives you know and um I said to you guys Saturday, I would be lying if I didn't say I wasn't frustrated because that changes the whole complexion of a game. When the score starts to go a certain way, now you're starting to make a team one-dimensional. Now you can rush the passer different defensively. So when I've referenced complementary football, it's all those phases adding up together. How can the offense help the defense play their style in which they want to do? How can the defense help the offense, creating turnovers, giving them a short field? How can the offense then in turn help the defense again, turn those turnovers into points uh, and not turning the ball over and giving them a short field? So it all ties together. Um, but again, you know, as, as coaches, you know, I, I don't want to say you're, you're never satisfied, but man, you know, we, we try to chase perfection every day. And, and when it's not perfect, my job as a coach is to try to help them you know, show them a path and an avenue of where and how close they are to perfection and how we're going to try to get there. That's it. That's where you want to be is we need to be as close to perfect as possible. We haven't been for several weeks at Texas. So I think that that is a good mindset to be in right now of intending in, in, intending to be one of the best teams in the country, intending to be the best team you can be and continuing to fight forward as a team and not be able to let this BYU 35-6. to six. There's plenty. You can look and say, we're good in these areas, but we're pretty bad in these. Uh, and that's where you need to keep building up uh, everybody in their fundamentals and just regular playing to get them feel like, oh, no, I remember. I'm the best at this drill. I can go out there and, 
and achieve at that level. But you also need to get better and better because you need to start winning these games. You need to keep winning games, but you also need to start winning games by a little bit more. You covered last week, which is big. We talked about how the number kept growing. Uh, the number did continue to grow, but you know, at a certain point, that was founded. And I think a lot of people took that on, not necessarily as much as Texas, but I think they thought BYU was not going to be able to hang. Texas is only a four-point favorite against K-State. So, you know, we'll see if that number grows at all, but if they, the pollsters would tell you last week 20 points was an okay spread, that this is a four-point game This is going to be much closer this week, and a lot's going on because the college football playoff rankings are going to be announced tonight. You're going to see how much work you have to do. Uh, so once those rankings come out, Texas can then understand how many people. Now, it, they may fall into six. They may fall to eight or nine, depending on how much these teams uh, appreciate the Big 12. Sark talked about the first college football playoff rankings and how much the team looks at them because it is going to be a distraction whether you want it to be or not. Some of those players are going to see it. Some of the players are going to be looking at it and setting different goals in their own mind based on the uh, the predictions and the rankings tonight. Here's the college football player rankings. Here's what Sark had to say about it on Monday. It just seems pretty early to me. Um, you know, I, I'm shied away from this. I think we got a pretty good football team. Um, and uh, I think that we're a very versatile team. Uh, and I think the fact that, you know, we, we started our backup quarterback against a 5-2 and two team and won 35-6. to six. And so we get another opportunity this weekend to, to play with our backup quarterback. And so, you know, not every team out there has had to endure some of the things that we've had to. Um, and if they had to play with their backup, how would they play? But I think it, it speaks to the type of team that we have. I'd argue we have the best win in the country right now. Um, the fact that we go into Tuscaloosa, Alabama and beat a team that was 52-1 and one, uh, in the previous 53 games of us going in there. Um, and I hear so much about how, how tough the SEC is, but I haven't seen any of those teams go into Alabama and win either. So I feel pretty good about our team. Um, and I think over time this whole thing will play itself out. So we got to focus on what we need to do Saturday and, and play our best football. And at the end, that's really the the biggest gist of it is you have to go take care of your own business and play your own you play your games and win your games, and that's all you can really do. Uh, it is early, you know. There's still a lot of football to be played. We still know Michigan hasn't really played anybody. Uh, so there are teams that have some tougher schedules. Unfortunately, some of the teams ahead of you. They've played some of their tougher parts of their schedule, so it may not be as hard. If Florida State doesn't have that many big games left, Florida State plays Pitt, uh, Miami, North Alabama, and Florida. Those are all very winnable games for Florida State. They will play an ACC championship game. That could be tougher, but the ACC is down. So it depends on how well, how was Florida State ranked in this? Are they four? Do they move them up to five and put Washington in? And Washington still has to play USC, but they've struggled. Utah. Oregon State, Washington State, they have a tough run of it. If they went out there, they're definitely in the playoff, but they have a tough run. They may lose a game. Where does that put them, depending on who they lose to? Where does, are they ranked two or three? Are they, are they moved up enough that one, one loss will not knock them out? Of course, you know Michigan and Ohio State are two and three right now. They play each other. Someone's going to lose, but is one of them going to stay in? Do we put them there? We know Georgia's probably still going to be one. But after that, we get down to Oregon. Pac-12, Oregon, where do they rank them a one-loss team? Where do they rank Alabama? A one-loss team. Penn State, one-loss team. That's where you have to start worrying. 
for Texas. We're not worrying, but paying attention and understanding how much you have to get done in the college football playoffs and realizing that the Big 12, in the eyes of the AP poll and a lot of the coaches' poll, is not viewed as well. Now, we don't know about the college football playoff. Maybe the college football playoff committee views the Big 12 a little bit better. Here's Sark saying and giving his pitch about the Big 12 conference, you know, just trying to maybe skew some minds a bit while they're talking. Hey, man, this Big 12, I know we started off slow. Here's Sark. Well, I think it's like everything, um, which to go back to the earlier question, you know, the start of the year, you know, a, a couple of teams in our league lost some games that maybe they didn't, people didn't think they were going to lose and whatnot. And some other teams won some games in other conferences. Well, all of a sudden now as the league is starting to bear itself out, we're starting to find out that I think our league is probably a little stronger than people gave it credit for uh, in early September. Um, and there's, there's a lot of teams playing really good football. And maybe some of these other leagues aren't quite as strong as people were giving them credit for at the start of the year. And so uh, I think that that's why it's important to watch the uh, entire body of work throughout a season. But uh, our league is tough. I've said it all along. We've got really good coaches in this league. Um, they, 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 they get their teams to play hard and tough. Uh, they're very good schematically. They're great game planners. And you've got to be on your toes you know, week in and week out as a coach in this league. Uh, but you also got to make sure that your team is ready to play because um, as, as we're finding out, there's a lot of teams that have an opportunity to compete for a conference championship in November. Um, and that, that doesn't surprise me. They're, they're really good teams in our league. So we'll see. And I believe the show is supposed to start at 6 o'clock, so we'll try and keep the update to it. Uh, we're giving you up at 6.30 for the Rangers, so if it happens early enough in the show, uh, I'll try and keep up with it. It's just me here, so I can't do too much. You guys can tell me on the text line uh, as well if the college ball playoffs come out, but I, it's going to be curious to see uh, where they consider Texas and the Big 12 if Oklahoma drops pretty far in theirs or if they feel Oklahoma's a little bit better up there. Those will be what you want to see. And uh, it takes us to the big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Big fat poll of the day on the text line 512-447-3776. I do see somebody. It's not spelled poll, P-O-L-E, guys. It's P-O-L-L. We're serving. I don't know why it would be so vile to P-O-L-E. That seems dirty. Not me. P-O-L-L. I'm just a big fat guy asking you questions. So it's, you know, big fat poll of the day. <laughs> I don't You're taking things out of context, guys. Come on. Uh, no, but the big fat poll of the day, what, what ranking do you think Texas will be at? We'll see, and we'll get to there in, you know, close enough. So I'm going to give you a couple more things to te- text in if you want to be part of the show. We really do appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We try to get to everybody before we get off the air. Uh, we really do appreciate it. If you, if you don't have a nickname that I call you on there, you can keep sending those in. Uh, I keep trying to find them when I send them in and then putting uh, naming you on the – in the system so we know who's texting in and you guys keep texting in. We love when you do it. 512-447-3776. So the easy poll, what ranking do you think Texas is going to be in the college football playoff? Do you think they are, do you think they get to six or maybe they are an eight or nine? Where do you put them in the college football playoff? If we see in a more expanded setting of that, uh, where do you put them in the college football playoff poll? What do you think they are going to be? Not where you think they belong. Where do you think they are going to be? Uh, so we'll ask you that one. Uh, a little Halloween question for you. Who's the scariest player in Texas football history? You know, I can say in Texas history, You, if you've got another sport and you say that guy's scarier, a basketball player, a baseball player, or somebody like that, who's the scariest player for you in Texas history? 
Uh, send that one in, too, for a nice Halloween-themed show today. If you've got a scary player, someone that you feared for Texas, send that in, 512-447-3776. Also asking you for your favorite Halloween songs, your favorite Halloween movies, your favorite Halloween candy, your favorite Halloween costume, what you win as. Uh, sending all that stuff into uh, on the text line, 512-447-3776. It is a Halloween edition of the sports complex, so we're going to try and keep it themed for you if you're driving to the good neighborhoods to get the good candy. We'll try and keep you uh, entertained here on the sports complex. When we come back, some hook em up sound uh, and your text, 512-447-3776, right here on the sports complex on Halloween on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. On the horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn on Halloween. Playing Halloween music all week long because it is Halloween today. What a shocking surprise. Halloween classic there from Rockwell. Real Nepo baby. Getting the win, getting the song. I love that he came out after Michael Jackson died and was like, Michael, Michael really just like I showed him the song and he was like, this is the greatest song that's ever been. <laughs> I always love, I love that he had the confidence after Michael Jackson died to just completely say that Michael Jackson was like Rockwell is the greatest songwriter who's ever lived. That is a uh, solid stuff, solid stuff, but uh, playing some, so send in five, one, two, four, four, seven, three, seven, seven, six. If you've got a Halloween song that you play every year, a Halloween tradition like that, or any Halloween tradition, any Halloween movies or what candy you always have to get. If you've got anything that you do, a costume you've worn five, one, two, four, four, seven, three, seven, seven, six. I know my man, chief engineer said he went as a middle-aged overweight, middle-aged white man. I did once go as overweight alcoholic Clark Kent, uh, which is a terror. basically, uh, you just bought a cheap Superman shirt and cape and then put a suit over it where it's just hanging out, uh, everywhere. And, uh, then once you did that, you would then, uh, you would then walk around and just complain about how the newspaper market is dying and there is no newspaper market anymore. Uh, that was basically the costume that I had one year. It was fun stuff. 
it was good. I enjoyed having it. Uh, but we'll put that in. We're also asking you on the text line uh, what ranking you think Texas will be in the college football playoff rankings that come out today. I believe at 6 o'clock they should be coming out. Or that's when the show starts. We'll see if they get it before we get uh, to the Rangers. We're giving you up at 6.30 there. We're also asking you the scariest player that you remember playing at Texas. If you've got a scary player from Texas or just Halloween traditions, any of that stuff, uh, send that in 512-447-3776. We do get a text that says, hey, Luka and the Mavs are looking good. They do. Uh, Luka normally looks pretty good at the beginning of the season. Uh, the question is he puts wear and tear on his body because he continually puts up 40, 50-point nights and just dominates and has super big usage. That's why you wanted to get a Kyrie Irving to take some of the load off. But, Kyrie does, uh, but Luka does not feel like or does not seem like he needs to have the load taken off right now. The question is going to be later in the season uh, if he's going to be able to hold up once you get to playoffs. Derek Lively came back down after that first game where he dominated, did get put in the starting lineup, and has not looked quite as good as he did against the Spurs. But I think the, the Mavs will look better. Derek Lively, if he can you know, continue to get back up to that level uh, and continue to play better and better throughout the season, Josh Green needs to play better. But, you know, it, it is. It's, it's really so much of can Luca body hold up uh, through a full season. That's what I think the bigger question is going to be. Uh, Jameson 512 says, I don't think Texas is going to be shown any love until they beat K-State. I think they're still getting shown love. Uh, Oregon finally jumped them as the, number, as the top-ranked uh, one-loss team uh, this week, but Texas is still a second-ranked one-loss team. And, you know, it is. Uh, Sark put it better. They have probably the best win winning on the road in Alabama is one of the best wins in college football, if not the best win so far. Uh, there may be some bigger rivalry games or things like that that happen down the road, uh, but that will be a big one. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think that you know we can say seven or eight seems about right. Lucas says uh, on number eight, he says that. Uh, I hope they stay at seven, and I believe they will. It is a different ranking, Jordan, from Round Rock. Uh, it is the it's a college football playoff ranking, so it's different people voting. So they may, you know, they may have the Big 12 ranked really low, not like the Big 12, have some Pac-12 people in the room, have some Big 10 people and the SEC people, and the Big 12 is going to move down. And they'll be ranked 9 or 10. You know, you could see that. Or you could have some, a lot of Big 12 people in the room or, or SEC people that have Texas coming in or whatever it is, and they may say, no, Texas is actually the sixth best team in the country. I, you know, I know that they, this other team is winning, but no, Texas is number six. You may have that. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, what that's why it's kind of interesting. Uh, Nate says, listen, and appreciate you listening, Nate. Uh, they'll be ranked around eighth, in my opinion. You have a lot of questions today. Hoping my kids get lots of candy for me tonight. Yes, we all look. That's that's the joy of being a parent at a Halloween, isn't it? Getting your uh, getting the candy from the kids to go out and hustle the neighborhood for candy that then you're going to tell them that they are uh, they they can't eat. That and then you just slowly steal it, and they come back in, and then you have to tell them, like, well, you have a house to live in, and make weird excuses for you stealing candy. For you can just go to the store and buy candy, you know that, but you're gonna steal it from them. St- stolen candy is some of the best candy. We all know that. <laughs> Gary from Georgetown, are you making fun of polls? I do actually have a friend. One of my best friends is named. Uh, he he was born in Poland. He was adopted to the U.S. And we just all call him Poland because that's what he wants to be called. So. Uh, we, I am not making fun of Polish people. I make fun of Poles to him uh, because he likes to be telling those jokes. But that's that's another thing completely. I do want to play the sound for you before we uh, take a break. Uh, it's a little sound from uh, Hook Him Up today uh, where Rod and Aaron kind of start to break down K-State in a way that only they can. Hook Him Up oh, airs weekday mornings right here, 6 to 11 on the Horn. 
Here is some sound uh, talking about the K-State matchup for Texas. It's uh, some preview. We'll get into it more on the show tomorrow, but here's some sound for today. More Texas football right here on Hook Him Up with Ian Rob B. Right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn. All right, Steve Sarkeesian, of course, uh, met with the media today, had his uh, Monday press conference and spoke about the K-State Wildcats. Uh, he did talk about BYU a little bit, but I think everybody's ready to move on and talk about K-State. It's such a big game, a lot of big games in the Big 12, uh, this among the biggest. K-State, one of the hottest teams in the Big 12. Uh, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian talking about the K-State Wildcats. As far as Kansas State goes, uh, obviously this is a really hot team right now. Uh, they've been playing as good as anybody in the country uh, in all, all three phases for the last two to three weeks. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's really important that we focus on us and what we need to do, um, that, that the details and the level of physicality in which we play the game are at the forefront of what we do. Um, I do believe our best football is still ahead of us, and that part is exciting to me. Um, and we're going to need to play complimentary football Saturday against a very good, well-coached football team in Kansas State. So it's an exciting weekend. Um, obviously, we've got you know the big new kickoff here with Fox. Um, you know they're coming to do their show. I think it's a great opportunity for our students, for our fans, uh, to really show up here at DKR and have an impact on the ball game. Um, we've all we've all got work to do. Uh, I think everybody, myself included, could have been better last week, and, and we all need to perform better this Saturday at 11 a.m. All right, that's Sark talking about the K-State Wildcats. I, I think he's right, though, about um, this team has yet to really play their best football. Remember, we talked about, even after the Alabama win, how many, how many points they left on the board. Right, how many points they left out there that they didn't cash in on. Remember, that was the drop touchdown pass. I believe they had two of those drop touchdown passes, having to get field goals there. Uh, there were, you know, there were some points that actually Texas left out there on the field. And I think in the same situation, you go look at the blowout last week against BYU. I mean, you were stopped multiple times, all right, uh, in the red zone, only two of five scoring touchdowns in the red zone, and on the goal line, all right? We're talking about two goal line stands for BYU. So I think that's what he's talking about. If Texas actually wasn't 120th in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone, you could make the case when the college football playoffs would come out. If they were, I don't know, 50th or 60th, just average, that they'd be, have a case to be the number one team in the country because if that was the case, they wouldn't have lost the OU game. Yeah, OU game was lost in the red zone. Red zone, red zone. I read, and the turnovers and, early, and but too many defense. Yeah, it was, but they they, they overcame those. They, they, their they block punt of their own was yeah. big and kind of swung the momentum back. But yeah, I mean they execute better inside the five yard line and inside the red zone. They don't turn the ball over and then get stuffed. Yeah, they probably beat OU and they're sitting here undefeated and you know the team we're talking about at number one. But that that's the exciting part. And I'll say this: I watched all, I, and we also recorded our newest ties on Texas multicast last night. So I've already listened to a lot of these Sark cuts. He was intense yesterday. He, he's got his game face on. He understands how important this game is, Rod, how big this is. This, this has to be an Alabama-level performance by his team uh, on his home field. I mean, consider that, t- that K-State's won three in a row. In those three games, Rod, they've outscored their opponents 120 to 24. Uh, the last two weeks, they've outscored TCU and Houston 82 to 3. Their third down conversion rate the last few weeks has been off the charts. I mean, they're playing their best football. Yeah. And the Longhorns, as you just heard Sark say, there's still room to get better. Uh, that's going to be the challenge this week. Can you match it? I think Chris Kleiman's got to feel pretty good. Now, Sark has never lost to Kleiman, 
including last year. We won his first year when he was five and seven. They already beat K State yep. uh, with really just Roshan Johnson. So, you know, this is this is a big challenge, and I like that I saw Sark being. It seemed very intense yesterday. Sometimes he gets chippy, right, with media, and he's like, but he was just really Folks. focused, yeah. and, uh, and 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 at the same level frustrated because I think what you just said, he is, he's frustrated with his red zone thing and the he fact is. that he should he, be, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, it, it's we we talk about play calls and stuff. We got we just got to be better, guys. We got to yeah. be. We, I got to be better. We got to be better. We got to score points here and finish these drives. If we do. We're among the best teams in college football. If we keep doing that, we won't be. Exactly. If we're looking for a tragic flaw, this could potentially be it for the team. If they're going to lose the K-State game, I think it'll come down to them losing it on on red zone offense pretty much. All right. uh, Obviously, Sark has beaten uh, Chris Kleiman uh, both years he's played him and uh, beat him with a – well, not even a backup quarterback, basically beat him with the Wildcat <laughs> in his first year. Uh, this time around, he'll be trying to beat him with the backup quarterback. Sark did announce that Malik uh, Murphy was going to start versus Kansas State. Here is Sark talking about uh, Malik uh, wanting to uh, improve and really uh, evolve as a quarterback from his first start. I think he stayed consistent, and that's, that's a great thing. You know, I, I don't think for any of our players, they should never feel like they need to change because they're playing more now. Uh, you know, you develop the habits that you develop um, for consistency, and he's developed great habits in his preparation, not only mentally but physically uh, with the work that he does in the training room, uh, his work with Coach Milwee, his work on his own um, to put himself in position to, to practice really well. Um, and so that level of consistency is a thing that, that I'm most encouraged about. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a challenge for Malik. I mean, K-State's defense, they have improved dramatically from early on in the season. You, I think you can run the ball on K-State's defense. I really do believe Texas can run the ball consistently on it, but Texas has had struggles um, being able to run the ball when they need to and when opponents know they have to. Right in, in basically predictable running situations, uh, there have been times where Texas have made run a ball, short yardage and goal line, uh, probably the most notable situations. So uh, for Texas in this game, I, I do think K-State knows Texas wants to run the ball. Uh, I think they're going to focus a lot of their efforts and a lot of their resources on stopping the Texas run games, you know, neutralizing the Texas run game, forcing a young quarterback, Malik Murphy, to beat them. Uh, which is kind of what I would do uh, in that situation if I was a defensive coordinator going up against a quarterback making his second start. Oh man, hundred so, yeah, percent. Who made, also who made showed, mistakes in his first start? Yeah, you know, showed the ability to just, just you know, just think Quinn Ewers a year ago when he was trying to make his way. Right, you're just going to make some throws. You're like, what? Yep. And then he's going to make some throws. Like, wow, okay, okay. Exactly. Now we're now we're cooking. But yes, and that's what K State has to think about because this game. You, you know, Vegas line is it's four and a half at, you know, three points for the home team. So it's really a, a one, you know, very even matchup. Uh, Texas does have the home field. But, uh, you know, you're exactly right. I would – and they're playing really good against the run, the run right now. Uh, they, they, you watched that Missouri game when they got gouged by Oklahoma State uh, with some, and they had their own turnovers in that Friday night game at Stillwater. That was the last time they lost a ball game, one of their two losses. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a been, good game to watch. Since that loss, they've been good. Yeah. They've been really, really good. Uh, and that was a weird – I remember thinking, why is K-State playing Oklahoma State on a Friday night? That's that's odd, uh, Big 12 schedule. I know it's for TV, but at the same time, they lost that game, but not a lot of people paid attention to it because everybody's at a high school football game for doing what they do on Friday night. Yeah. And now you look up and they took that loss, and I think at that point a lot of people in the Big 12 
mindset like Texas fans. Like, okay, they're not any good. They got two losses. Now. They're not any good. They're That's two losses. Yeah. They're they're Oklahoma State's terrible, and they just beat them. Well, I, I, I'd, I'd reassess that. Well, because now Oklahoma State has turned the corner. Yes. <laughs> they finally yes. figured out something. That lit the fuse for them. They have an identity. Yeah, and I, they, two losses for them were two very two different types of losses for K-State. You go look at that Missouri loss, and Missouri threw the football. I mean, they threw it a ton and lit them up. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on and give you some thoughts uh, on that on my uh, rewatch of that game and the, the notes that I took for Texas. But they lit them up through the air. And as you pointed out, e, Oklahoma State, they've been running the football. Ollie Gordon has become a star for them. Almost 300 the yards each last three weeks. Yeah, so that's how they beat them. They beat them pretty much running the football. Uh, so you can't, you can go either. And both of those losses were on the road. Both of those losses were also on the road, which they will be once again. So for Texas, I think they're going to lean more toward the Oklahoma State model maybe than the Missouri model. But they could go toward the Missouri model. I think they can mix in a little bit of both. You know they can be happy. That Missouri game was early on in the season, um, and I think maybe they've uh, fine-tuned some things in that secondary. And we know, of course, they run the dreaded three high, three down defense, which we'll get into. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Oh, no. The dreaded three high, three down defense. We'll get into more of that tomorrow. Uh, but we'll talk some more K-State. The good stuff there. Hook them up for me and Robbie. Six, weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. We come back. More of your text. 512-447-3776. Where do you think they're going to be ranked? Where do you think Texas will be ranked in the college ball playoff rankings? Coming up in just a few minutes. We'll try and bring you that before we give you up to the Rangers at 630. Uh, we will also uh, take... Who's the scariest player in Texas history? I love some of the answers that are on there. Uh, if you've got a Halloween song, Halloween movie, Halloween tradition, Halloween costume, whatever it is that you do every year, uh, or you like something, you've got a Halloween tradition, or you want to start one even, send that in, 512-447-3776 with some of your text uh, when we come back at the top of the hour, and we'll get into some NFL in the top of the hour as well. The trade deadline happened uh, a few hours ago. We'll talk about the trades that happened and did not happen, and also a big trade in the NBA. All that coming up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Sports Complex on the horn on a Tuesday afternoon. Before we get to the top of the hour, playing some Halloween music for you. It's Halloween. We're going to be playing it all week long, but it is Halloween. So we're asking on the text line 512-447-3776. Send in your favorite Halloween songs, movies, candy, whatever you got, Halloween costumes. 512-447-3776. We're also asking who's the scariest player in Texas history. Could be football, basketball. We got a coach. I'll read you some of those off, too. That's some good stuff. And where do you think Texas is going to be ranked in the college football playoff rankings uh, that are coming out momentarily 
Uh, we're off at 6.30 for the Texas Rangers pregame for uh, for game four of that series, so we'll get you up to that. But if it comes out before, we will let you know what we hear as soon as we hear it back on the text line. Uh, we do like this one uh, for the player who uh, is the most scary Texas player. Not a player, but Rick Barnes looked like a vampire to me. <laughs> I like that. I don't know if I if I thought he looked like a vampire, but I, I'm going with you. Uh, Leonard Davis is clearly the scariest Longhorn of all time. No relation to Patrick Davis. That is true. Uh, I do not believe I'm uh, related to Leonard Davis. I'm going to go ahead and go out there on a limb and say that we're probably not related. Uh, Chief Engineer does say six or seven, a lot of football left, some crushing wins and some other losses you can run up to three or four, especially a big win over OU. Still looking at a New Year day game in the day, uh, if nothing else. Hopefully it'll be a great improvement, enough Alamo balls. Uh, and Justin Tucker, he's been knocking out teams for years. I love that. Uh, I Look, I think Texas can move up. The problem with Texas moving up and all this is that, you know, so much of what everybody's relying on is that Big 12 championship game. And the pollsters have shown in years past they don't put too much weight into Big 12 and do championship conference championship games. So I don't know if you're going to jump anybody for it in the conference championship week. You may. They may put more weight on it because it's Oklahoma, but they have – Taking losses in there and not really rank the losses and taking a loss and said, oh, we don't care that you lost in the conference championship game. We're still putting you in. So we don't know. But that is something we've seen. Uh, we get one scariest uh, from 210 Rob. Or is it 210? I don't know. if that, San Antonio. Is, is this 210, I think? Uh, scariest UT player, Edwin Simmons, mid-80s running back, ugly like a zombie and scared opponents on the field. I've got to look up Edwin Simmons. I do not remember off the top of my head, but I like that one. I appreciate that one. Bebo Angel says, Texas probably stays ranked at number seven. Uh, thanks to those close games against Rice, Wyoming, and Houston, this is exactly why we should have beaten Oklahoma. Once again, we're left up to the polls to decide. I agree. That is uh, not the greatest uh, not the greatest thing that you, you know, you left it up to chance. You, ha- you were, you know, driving your own bus at that point. You probably would have still been four, honestly. I mean, they may have put you, you may have gotten up to two. I don't think you beat, you jump Georgia, and I I don't know if you jump in the Big Ten. They have a lot of power as well, but we'll see. We will see where they're ranked in this in the college ball playoff uh, first rankings, which is still early. Plenty can happen. Uh, J Dub says uh, some of the best uh, some of the best uh, movies. You guys, Michael Myers, Halloween one and two, easy easy picks there, but I like it. I like it. Uh, Luca usually starts the season overweight. Yes, he does. He has before. He didn't necessarily last season either, but he normally just peters out by the end of the season. That's more of the worry. Uh, he usually has, he is starting a little bit earlier, but that, I mean, we can put other factors on that. The question is, can he do it at the end of the season? Uh, that's where you start to worry is, can he last a full season or do injuries mount up and, and, you know, fatigue mounts up. That's why you have Kyrie Irving now. You have him in for a full season, so you hope that that will come out a little bit more. Uh, Nate puts it as a dad text. When I was giving Nate a hard time for stealing uh, for stealing his kid's candy, Nate says it's a dad text. That's what it is. I Look, I don't, you don't have to. Taxes are scarier than just you stealing it. I think taxes might be scarier for some people. Uh, and Feral Text says, College football ranking, college football playoff ranking, just win, baby. I love that. I love that. We're going to get some more of your text. 512-447-3776. When we get to hour two, 
Read more of your texts. I want to see more of these people who you say the scariest player in Texas history is. I want to see more of those. I really like those. Any Halloween music or movies you got, you've got go-tos, send that in as well. And uh, if you've got some predictions, you can put it in before 6 o'clock, before we get those rankings. Uh, momentarily, hopefully at the beginning of the show, they'll announce it, and we'll have it for you here on the Sports Complex when we come back on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com.